FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. It's vampires and demons and evil Barneys, oh my! Hey everyone, welcome to episode 91 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked! I'm your host, Jason, the soul of tact and diplomacy, Venable, and I'm joined once again by Denise. An open door policy means an open fridge policy, right? Venable. Right. We're here for a flashback episode. Flashback! Excellent! <laughs> Wolverine, year eight, part two. So be a little ditty. We're gonna cover two issues Uncanny X Men 159 and 160. Uh, yeah, so that's it. You excited? Thrilled. Got your thriller! Alright, well anyway, all that said, here we go! Okay, so first up, we have Uncanny X-Men, number 159. This is... Nine Screams! I was going to say, don't you mean 150? (laughs) Yes. Sorry. Nine Screams! Well, there should be a guitar solo behind that. A highly gated drum, snare drum. (laughs) Okay. All right. This is... Written by Chris Claremont with guest penciler Bill Sankovich. Or Sankovich. Sankohoop? Nope. Sankovich. Inked by Bob Wyacek. Tom Orzakowski is the letterer and Glennis Ween is the colorist. And the cover is also by Bill Sankovich. I'm sorry. It's Sankovich. Okay. I'm sorry for saying that wrong. I know that, and I just wasn't thinking. It's Bill Sienkiewicz, comics legend Bill Sienkiewicz. Shame on you. Yeah. Anyway, this is our first time to see him on the podcast that goes snicked. And it's first time to draw Wolverine. And our first X-Men cover by Bill Sienkiewicz. I personally love this cover. It's one of my favorite flashback covers in a while. It's pretty nice. I love his style. I like, so basically it's kind of, um, what's it called? Pop art. Yeah, it's not, when something, abstract. It's wow, kind of, I was off. It's kind of an abstract storm in the background, like made of orange and yellow energy. There's, I guess there's no ink work. That's kind of what it looks like. What do you mean there's it's, no ink work? Like it's just colors and there's no black inks. Oh, okay. And uh, it's got, Halftone, is that what the little dots are? Yes. And it looks amazing. And then in the foreground, we have a shadow of Storm walking towards the X-Men. And in her shadow are Colossus, Jane Fonda, Kitty, Wolverine, and Nightcrawler. And they all look amazing. Well, they all look terrified. Yes, yeah, they're horrified of Storm's approach. Well, and it's funny you say Storm's approach. I didn't get that. Oh, what did you think was going on? 
Well, I knew it was her shadow. I just didn't realize she was approaching them. Okay. I just thought there was weird stuff going on. Anyway, I think it's an awesome, awesome cover. I do think it's good. So good you're yawning. I'm sorry. So the X-Men return to New York from the Bermuda Triangle so Kitty can visit her parents. Wait, aren't they getting a divorce? That's what I thought. Yep. Because they told her over Hanukkah or Christmas, right? Yeah, something like that. And that's why she got transferred to the other school. Right. Yeah. Anyway, Maybe I they g- reconciled. I guess they did. They worked it out. We can work it out. Or maybe it's we're just legally separated. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, Kitty had a really good time, so it must not have been too bad. Yeah. Or maybe they invited her to say, we're not getting a divorce. <laughs> right. Anyway, the X-Men barge into Misty Knight's apartment to find Harmony Young, who welcomes them. In Arizona, Cyclops and Havoc catch up with dear old dad, who can't stay forever. But when they ask if they can go with him, he's like, uh, I don't know, question mark. But yeah, so he's hesitant to take his sons to space. Storm escorts Kitty to her parents, but then is going to come back. But she doesn't make it back. In fact, she is supposedly quote-unquote, mugged. Wolverine and Colossus collect her from the hospital with a throat wound. The doctor comments on how weird her blood is, but the other X-Men just assume it's because she's a mutant. At the apartment, Storm doesn't get better, but worse. She has sweaty dreams and is visited by the fog. Ooh. Ooh, spooky. Kitty comes back. Everybody's worried about Storm, so Kitty goes to talk to her. She opens the curtains, and Storm screams. She flinches at Kitty, star of David. Ah! Kitty puts it together because she's a smart cookie, but she's afraid the other X-Men won't believe her, so she tries to confront Dracula by herself. She's a smart cookie and goes after Dracula with a cross. Well, but her cross doesn't work because she's not a Christian and she doesn't believe in it. But her star, David, does because she really is Jewish. Dracula leaves with Storm. The X-Men track them to Central Park where they fight rats, wolves, and Dracula. Kitty finds Storm as a vampire but won't fight her and offers her life to Storm. Dracula takes the X-Men out, but Storm fights back. Dracula eventually flees and Storm is suddenly okay. So she was a vampire in mind, but not body? Question mark. <laughs> question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah, I don't know. Dot, dot, dot. So if there's beer in this apartment, it's mine. Wolverine's motto. That's right. <laughs> Helps himself to somebody else's entire six pack. And not you know just, what? I'm going to pop a brew and, you know, leave the rest to you. No. Nope. nope. These are all mine. That's right. It's kind of like when you have a party and it's BYOB. If somebody leaves their six-pack at the house, psh, it's ours. Yes, if someone else leaves their six-pack at our house. Oh, yeah. Not if we go to somebody else's house and just assume their six-pack belongs to us. Well, now, that did happen to us. <laughs> well, yes, but we're good hosts. We can handle it. Yeah. Just saying it's kind of weird and kind of douchey of Wolverine. Yes, it is. But beer and Wolverine go together like watermelon and seeds. Yeah. But um, Annie has another. So Wolverine's a fast drinker. Wait a second. Is Wolverine hitting on Kitty? I think so. Yeah, because she comes out. So they have no clothes. But Or no, Kitty has clothes. Storm only has her costume. Because the X-Men all came to New York only with her costume. 
Which is funny because by the end of this book, they have regular clothes on. They go shopping. Oh, yeah. That's true. When they go to the hospital. Yeah. Uh, who knows? We got to stop by JCPenney. I need some yeah. jeans. <laughs> right. So anyway, Storm uh, borrows some of Harmony's clothes. And so they they go change and they come out. And um, Nightcrawler says they look magnificent. And Kenny says, do you really mean it, Kurt? Really? And Wolverine very creepily says, worth the wait, kid. That's no lie. You're 14 years of hotness, babe. That's very pedophilish. And I'm about 90. (laughs) Gross. But hey, my body's only like 30. (laughs) We need to stop this conversation. Wolverine is not off to a great start this issue. No. (laughs) Claremont's riding the douchiest Wolverine possible. So we also find out, so while the X-Men go to New York in their uniform, space pirates also don't have casual clothes. No. As everybody else in the Summers clan is dressed down, except for Corsair. And you called him what? Corsair. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's a little Brillo pad haircut he's working today. Yeah. And his nice porn stash. Well, I mean, don't you think look, that would be a great, so like, Cambridge doesn't draw him quite as much like Charles Bronson as Cockrum does. See, I think it's hilarious. Yeah, actually, he looks kind of like Norm MacDonald. If you gave Norm MacDonald, like, a bad 80s jerry curl and a mustache, mm-hmm. what were you going to say was hilarious? I'm over it. No, what was hilarious? If I don't laugh my ass off, you're fired. <laughs> this panel here with his hand sticking out, it's like, hey, babe, mm. I'm coarse hair. It looks like he's about to scratch some vinyl. Yeah. Wicka, 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 what? Um. You just sit over there, because <laughs> I, I got an offer you can't refuse. <laughs> Maybe. Probably not. So apparently Polaris dyes her hair during dinner. What color was it before? Her hair is always green. And then suddenly in one panel, it's brown. You mean blonde? Dirty blonde. Is it really mm, supposed to be you're green? You're a dirty blonde. I just thought it was yeah, the yellow. No, like... her hair is always green. Oh. Yeah. So of course they're not sure if he wants his sons to come with them. Yep. That's Dad of the year boy, right yeah. here. Yeah. He stayed in space instead of coming to check on his sons for years. Yep. Comes back home to find them all grown up and then wants to go back to space without them. Hmm. He's like, I kind of loved you as kids, not really. Now that I met you as adults, nope, don't like you at all. You grew up into a couple of dicks. I'm going to go back to space by myself. So why would Storm's wallet have Misty's address in it? Uh, it's not her permanent address. No, but maybe they knew they were going there. So it's like, you know, when you're going to someone's house, what's your address? Let me put it in your phone. Except they didn't have smartphones back then. So they'd write it down on a piece of paper. Could you show me how to get here? Maybe so. Anyway, that is how the hospital tracked down the X-Men. Yes. From the information in Storm's wallet. Although I love the doctor at the hospital who leaves her sunglasses on top of her head and they match her lab coat. Yeah, during the emergency room. Yeah. And in this panel right here, she looks like she's fainting. (laughs) Yeah. So... Even with no Cockrum, we still get Sweaty Storm. <laughs> That's a running theme in X-Men right now in the early 80s is Sweaty Storm. Well, but this panel right here is gorgeous. Yes, it's an awesome... Oh, and so we have a panel here when Dracula first shows up and comes to visit. And we have this panel in a panel that's around yeah. that connects Dracula's teeth to Storm's neck. Yeah. It's amazing. Awesome panel work. Um, then we get Indiana Kitty. <laughs> yeah, she why? comes in in her leather jacket and Indiana Jones hat. Why did she feel like, I'm going to attack a vampire. I'm going to dress like Indiana Jones. 
I think she just okay, loved wait. Indiana Jones. I was going to say, so this book came out in 82? Yeah, July 82. Okay, when did Indiana Jones come out? It's already out. They already commented on Raiders, Raiders of the Lost Ark a couple issues ago. Okay, so it's very relevant. Very recent, very current to this magazine, yeah. Okay. Or comic, not magazine. Comic magazine. So I really like the idea that... You have to believe in the artifact for it to work. I thought that was an interesting twist on yeah, the whole that's vampire not in story. Common lore, right? No, common lore is just the, the the religious artifacts scare them or hurt them, regardless, right? Correct. Like a cross can just be hanging on a wall, and a vampire will avoid it. In some vampire lore, there are um, like if you. Well, yes. Nowadays, it's, there's all kinds of different lores. Yeah, but like the the traditional traditional lore. Dracula lore, it was specifically crosses, yeah. but I think that's because Dracula was from Transylvania, and weren't they mostly Christian? Isn't that over mostly there? Mostly Catholic, yeah. Yeah, and so that's why the cross was probably picked, but for the most part, yes, any religious artifact yeah. scares them away. Yeah, but this twist that you have to believe in it was a really nice twist. I thought it, it was, really, a, nice it was twist. a cool thing. So, would you rather fight rats or wild dogs? Hmm. Hmm. They kind of act like they're both equal. I'm not really buying it. <laughs> and we see Wolverine slice up some wolves. That's pretty cool. And by the way, Sinkavich's Wolverine is awesome. It's nice, Point yeah. that out. Oh, wow. Uh, that fastball special of this issue looks a little rapey. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they're, they're, you know, checking, what is it, checking the prostate? Yeah, <laughs> that's what he's doing. Wolverine cough. <laughs> Wolverine goes, Fastball special, Petey. And Colossus is like, Don Wolverine, but first, give me a little cough. <laughs> Turn your head and cough, please. <laughs> then I throw. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we have a really cool panel. It's actually a really, I thought, brilliant idea where Wolverine makes a cross out of his claws. And we get a double snicked as Wolverine makes this cross. And the panel looks awesome. But then we go back to earlier with our kind of twist on the lore Right. And Dracula was like, screw you, that doesn't work. You don't believe in anything. Yeah. And I thought, so A, it tells us something about Wolverine's belief system and his character. But also, it's just it's just a badass sequence of events. Yeah. So, bravo, Claremont and Sienkiewicz, bravo. But I do love how Nightcrawler grabs two sticks. Yes. All right, so my next comment was, we see Wolverine's disbelief, and we get more concrete evidence of what we've been hinting at with Nightcrawler's belief. Right. And he's like, nope, I do definitely, you've been wondering, maybe you've been suspecting, I believe. And he makes a cross out of two stakes, basically. Yeah. And Dracula was like, oh. No. Actually, he's more, yar. But he looks like he's, oh. <laughs> Feigning in a romance novel. Oh, and we have a lightning tag, which I thought was really fun. Where, yeah. So Dracula somehow calls down lightning. Well, no, Storm, no, Storm right? Storm does, but yeah. Dracula directs it? Well, I think Storm is still under Dracula. No, no, like Dracula says, with but a thought, I can summon lightning from the heavens. Uh, is that why he was in love with Storm? Maybe. Anyway, it's a really cool panel, and that'll come back to play in the story later, too. Because eventually, Nightcrawler says, you know what, if this lightning's going to chase me, I'll take it back to its source. And he, he bamps over to Dracula. Unfortunately, Dracula's immune to it and it just fries all the X-Men. But it was a good idea. Yeah. I gotta say, I kind of like man-bat Dracula better than him just turning into a tiny bat like in the movies. I will 
will say there there are other movies that explore that idea that Dracula turns into a man bat. Right. And I I do. I prefer that so much more over than just this little tiny bat that squeaks away. Now, who do you think did that first? Because granted, this, keep in mind, this is not the first appearance of Marvel's version of Dracula. He's been around for a while. Okay, so I guess the first time I saw it in a movie was... Do they do it in Dracula? Bram Stoker's Dracula? Yeah. Uh, I don't think so, but I don't remember for sure. Well, I know that they do do it in... They do um, do? They do do. Mm-hmm. Oh, what was that movie? It had... Didn't it have Hugh Jackman in it? Oh, Van Helsing? Yes. Oh. It, those vampires were like life-size bats. Yeah. I think that might have been the first time I saw it. Well, and quick Google search does not tell me where it came from, so... Whatever. Either way, I like it a lot. It doesn't really matter who was yeah. first. It's a great idea. So, all right. So when we're all done, Wolverine's drinking a beer called Great White North, eh? <laughs> Which is funny. Now, I do like the the panel of Storm flying in with the sun behind her. That yeah. looks really cool. Well, and it's um, also sort of that reaffirmation that she's beaten it. Yeah, which we'll get to that in a second, I guess. Uh, actually, let's get to it right now. So she explains that she was a vampire psychologically, but not physically. What the hell? But Kitty saw her as a physical vampire. Well, and she's drawn as a physical vampire. Well, that, that's fine, because art can be, like, through the person's own interpretation. Right? Sometimes they'll draw something as they see themselves. And not really how they actually look. That's part of the cool thing about art. Or TV shows and movies will do that too. But Kitty saw her. Right. And thought. Like not just. Well Kitty said she has fangs. Yeah she has fangs. Like you can say like okay. If you think you're a vampire psychologically. Yes the sun will bother you. Because it's kind of like um, mind over matter. Right. But you can't make yourself grow fangs. Because you believe you're a vampire. No. Oh, by the way, we skipped a panel where Kitty decides she's not going to stake Storm. We have a panel where Storm's in a white dress and her white hair, but she's all in black shadow. Looks very, very cool. It does look very cool. So basically, you see her dress, her hair, and her fangs in white. And she's all in black shadow with red lips and red eyes. It's just it's a badass panel. All right. So, yeah, the ending of this is kind of stupid. Yeah, I don't. I wish they would have, like, found an antidote to the vampirism right because the whole i was mentally a vampire but not physically right i had yeah. not completely transformed well and i would have been okay with or say i reversed the transformance right yeah. like hey if you you know once dracula bites you if you feed in the next three days you will turn into a vampire but if you don't then you just have a really bad migraine i could have handled that one right. and small things right <laughs> that, that shrink back or they get brittle and break off. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> That's how they should have done it. Oh, my fangs fell out, replaced by normal teeth. Yay. It's like a shark. Don't yeah. need them. You lose them. All right. Well, anyway, I don't know about you, but I thought getting uh, Bill Sienkiewicz in my X-Men was a really, really nice treat. Sure. Okay. I don't know who that is, but yeah, I enjoyed right. the art. I thought the art was amazing. Yeah, I enjoyed it I really it a like lot. his style. And it makes me want to go back. I only have a couple. I have a few of his original Moon Knight run. I think I might go back and read some of those. Okay. So I thought the story was all right until the end. 
What did you think of the story overall? I was kind of interesting because you're kind of our resident supernatural expert. Really? You like things that go bump in the night. I like them too, but you like them a little more than I do. Yeah, I do. So what did you think of A, Marvel's version of Dracula, and then B, this story overall? Okay, so I like the idea of Dracula because Dracula is like the most well-known vampire. All right, no one's disputing that Dracula is cool. Yeah. And there's all kinds of different versions. What do you think of this version? You know, he is the ladies' man, whatever. But the fact that he kind of walks around in a half-unbuttoned shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is 1982. That's true. And I do like the twist on the lore about having to believe in it. Yeah. But the whole, he had me by the mind. Like, at what point does he not have her by the mind anymore? When she fights back. Like she, her. No, no, no. I mean, like, at what point does she mentally she was his and she was a vampire, but physically she wasn't. So at what point does she physically become a vampire? Well, <laughs> she did. <laughs> they just decided to lie to us and tell us she didn't. Well, I know, but I guess that's, yes, Dracula, for the most part, is very mental. In fact, what is it? Supernatural? I think makes fun of, or no, I'm sorry, Buffy the Vampire Slayer makes fun of Dracula. Dracula comes to Sunnydale and Buffy has to kill him. And one of the things that Dracula kind of says is, I can get people to do whatever I want because I have this charm. Right. And like... And that fits the war. Right. And basically Buffy says, I'm not attracted to you. It doesn't work anymore. And she stakes him through the heart. But I guess I loved everything about it except that part about... So the end. Yeah, the end. The end was stupid. It was. Other than the end, I thought I thought the little twist in the lore with the uh, the belief in the artifacts and Dracula turning into a man, a full size man bat, and his control of some of the elements, like the mystical stuff, I thought was all right too. Didn't like Dracula being able to control the elements. You know, see, I kind of did. No, because I just kind of feel like that's not Dracula. Like he can't control. The elements. Yeah, I think giving him kind of an aspect of controlling the, the creatures of the night. Like where he, okay, he but made that's the, different. But he, no, well, he it's can, not, though. Men, but see, okay, as like, so one of the Dracula movies explains that because he can turn into a bat, he can mentally talk to other animals, which that's far-fetched. But the idea that he can say, you know, my fellow night creatures, you know, go attack for me. I get that. But him creating lightning, I don't See, get. Okay. I, I like not a it. fellow creature. No, but it's macabre. And I like him, I like the idea of giving him some power over the macabre. I think it's cool. I think it makes Dracula borderline a sorcerer. And okay. that's what I don't like about it. Well, better than Twilight. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah, so overall, I also thought the writing and the art together set a very creepy tone in the story. Yes. I liked that. So it felt right for a Dracula story. So I guess the only thing I would say, kind of my conclusion here, I think this would have been cooler if it wasn't an X-Men story. Then what story would it be? Well, in that, I think this would be cool. This would have been an awesome origin for a female version of Blade. Oh, yeah. Right, because obviously Storm's an X-Men, so they can't leave her a vampire. No. So in that regard, they have to come up with kind of the, oh, get out of jail free card at the end. I think, because I think if you take that away, this is a great story. And it can evolve, like the X-Men can be a part of the story, but making the victim not uh, X-Men takes the, makes the risk lower. And you can make that person stay 
kind of well, part of vampire, but they can be a vampire hero, kind of like Blade is. Right. Well, and it would be interesting because... And the story can kind of continue. Well, it would be the opposite. It could be, I'm a vampire in the physical form, but mentally... Right. I broke hold because... Right. And I do really like, and it shows how awesome Storm is, and just how much willpower and strength she has as a character. That's right. Because when she broke hold, she managed to change her clothes all at the same time. (laughs) Yes. That's right. So I like her, her strength to be able to break it. I think if you give another character that same strength and let them keep, like like you said, the physical traits, right. but not any of the mental traits, you can make a whole story about like a Blade Van Helsing type character, but yeah. make her a female, a nice, right. strong female character. Basically just Storm, but not Storm. Yeah, like make because... her Make her exactly like Storm. That do it to this Harmony Young girl or Misty Knight. Like, yeah. one of them. That would have been really cool. And then you don't have to have the stupid cheesy ending, and you can make this into a really cool story. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Nope. All right. When are you going to grade Uncanny X-Men 159? I'm going to give it four out of six. Okay. I will also give it four out of six. The art was too amazing, and the story was mostly really good. Yeah. It, it's just the it's ending hard, that it's, kind of... Yeah, and it's hard to like a story with a shitty ending because the ending is what well, leaves the taste down. in your mouth. Yeah. yeah. Like a good ending, a great ending can save a mediocre story. Right. And a bad ending can ruin a really good one, and this almost did. Well, it's like when you go to a restaurant and you read a menu item and you're like, oh my gosh, this sounds amazing. And then you order it and it comes to your table and oh my gosh, it looks so amazing. And you take that, you take the bite of the side item and wow, that's awesome too. And then you take a bite of the main course and you're like, well, that was shitty. Like, <laughs> We're having a really crappy dessert. Yes. Oh, yeah. This this was a pretty decent steak with um, melted ice cream for dessert. And no cherries. No cherries. Just a bowl of melted ice cream. And maybe a goop of magic shell. <laughs> Gross. Anyway, let's move on. Moving on. Okay, so now we're moving on to the Uncanny X-Men number 160. Shoots and ladders. Wee! I barely understand how that connects to the story. I, yeah. <laughs> It's holding on by a thread. Yep. All right. So who, who does this one? So Chris Claremont is the scripter. Brent Anderson is pencils. Mm-hmm. Bob Wyack. Wyacek. Wyacek is inks. Tom Orzikowski is letters. And Glennis Wynn. Ween. Ween is colors. Okay. And the cover is by Brent Anderson. What's on the cover? The cover is a giant red hand, and it's trying to scoop at the X-Men. Yes. In bad need of a manicure. Yes. And so we have Colossus, Wolverine, Storm, and Kitty, and Nightcrawler. And is that supposed to be Wolverine's hand, like, clipping? Yes. Yeah. It just got miscolored. Yeah. So what do you think of this cover? I'm not a big fan of this cover. Eh, I think it's pretty good. I like Storm's hands in the lightning. Yeah. The little, uh, she has little black fingers. Yeah. Um, and I like, we haven't had very many covers where we see Nightcrawler teleporting. So you have like the Banff cloud at the bottom and the Nightcrawler up on top of the X-Men letters. Yes. That part's pretty cool. It is cool. Yeah, I think it's a pretty decent cover. I like it all right. So what happens in this one? So somewhere or when we see a <laughs> red clawed hand spying on the X-Men at a point in time when Storm was <gasps> attacking. What? Nah, they're just in a test. 
but we do danger room but they're not in the danger room i'm sorry yeah but we do find out that the fiendish hand is a is after colossus's younger sister iliana that's how you pronounce her name right iliana wanders off and kitty follows where she gets sucked into a giant ball of light well it's not really a ball it's like coming from the ground. Yeah. Meanwhile, after the X-Men work out, Storm goes au natural and takes a shower in her own rainstorm. <laughs> and Colossus realizes yeah. his sister is gone. So the X-Men head out to investigate. They follow Kitty's trail only to be taken in by the light. Kitty finds Nightcrawler and he gets frisky with her. So she runs off and meets Pascal. Velasco. Velasco. Sorcerer and chief. Sound, sound it out, babe. Bela- Shut up. Sorcerer and chief disciple of the Dark Ones, elder gods who seek to invade and conquer this plane of reality, blah, 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 as he monologues on. Wolverine gets eaten. Oro wakes up naked. Kurt finds himself literally, like literally finds himself. And Colossus teleports to Kitty. Storm meets older Storm. Kitty gets her bones back. What? The X-Men try to teleport out, but Belasco grabs Ileana, and after a semi-dimensional tug-of-war, Ileana pops out on the X-Men side, only to be seven years older. So, opening panel. What the hell is wrong with Wolverine's butt? <laughs> right, his, right, so his, his hips are facing stage left. His legs are facing front. His torso is also facing front. But, I mean, that's obviously his crotch pointing that way, right? <laughs> yes. Horrible. Well, I like Brent Anderson, and I even like most of the art in this book, okay, but, but that's horrible. Can I point out something? Hmm. So Wolverine's left leg is pa- pointing forward, and his right leg is pointing forward but crossed over his left leg. So No, that's his yeah. right foot. Now look. No, it's not. That's what he's doing. No. Yes. No, it's not. Yes, because if he flipped around, this is his right foot. That's his left foot. That's his heel pointing out to his toe. There's no way that's... Yes, that's his left foot. That's his right foot. No. He's standing exactly like this, but his nuts are that way. (laughs) He just has a lot of adjusting to do. In case I was too far off mic, I said, he's standing just like this, but his nuts are that way. He has a lot of adjusting to do. Not that bore repeating. <laughs> oh, dear. So I like that they're consistent that Ileana still has her Fozzie bear. Yes. she had in our fairy tale story. All right, so this is two guest artists in a row, and everybody loves Sweaty Storm. Obviously. That is the biggest theme in 1982 X-Men, Sweaty Storm. And Naked Storm. Well, that's a constant. Storm doesn't like clues. I was going to say, she seems very, you It was know, weird because it looks like she's all super like, oh, I don't care who sees me in this panel. But then, then in the next panel, it's obvious she's made a cloud like cover her in fog. But what's funny is before that, she asks everyone, you want me to expand my micro cloud? Or my micro storm? Yeah, you guys want to shower with me? Yeah. Well, everybody. And then a little bit later on, she wakes up. Gang bang me. And she's naked, so she goes for a naked swim, and then goes, "Oh, I can't find my clothes; they're destroyed." Well, dude, 
you enjoy being naked. Why put on clothes? Right? Just walk around Wimbo naked. Yeah. Oh, so Brent Anderson, uh, this is definitely a cigar from Wolverine. Yes. Uh, we kind of will retreat back to half and half later. But this issue, Brent Anderson gives Wolverine a full cigar. So um, obviously after working out, he needs a smoke. Well, always. Yeah. Storm needs a shower. Yeah. And Wolverine needs a cigar. And a beer. He does make reference to the fact that he's worked out and he he's earned a beer. Yeah. I do really like the coloring work when they go in the temple and they get lit up by the circles. Yeah. And kind of turn. What do you call that? Is what do you mean? A, is it a filter? I, I can do that in Photoshop. I turn my pictures all psychedelic. Yeah. It's called, um in Photoshop, it's called a, an invert. Anyway, they're all yellow and pink. It looks pretty cool. Polarized, okay. And before that, when they come into the temple, they're all in purple and black shadow. That also looks really cool. So kudos to Glennis Ween on the colors of this book. Yeah. They're really nice. I mean, she always does a good job, but a couple of really big highlights here. Yeah, Kitty makes a reference to stepping disc. I don't even know what that is. I think it's the circles on but, the floor. No, yeah, but she says it's like that story, stepping disc. Yeah, I have no I idea. That, is that a book, about. a movie? Yeah. I have no idea. So I guess in 82... We just didn't take pedophilia seriously. <laughs> because there's a lot of like offhand references to it in the X-Men. And in this one, uh, evil Nightcrawler tries, or doesn't try, he gropes Kitty. Oh yeah, his hand's going through her. Yeah, when she turns, his, when she turns intangible, his hand goes through her boob. <laughs> that's when he was grabbing. That's disgusting. <laughs> She's 14. Chris Claremont, dumbass. Yeah, but she's also not drawn like she's 14 either. No, not usually, but still. I don't know. I'm just, I'm not comfortable with it. And they don't even make a big deal about it. They just move on. Like, oh man, Kurt, I'm not that kind of girl. So, Pascal's eyebrows crack oh, me up. Oh, I'm going to Okay, wait. Yes, Velasco has a lovely demonic eyebrows. No, he has angelific wings for eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but then we meet Sim. When he raises them, Evil they Barney. flap at you. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Give a whole new meaning to bat your eyelashes. And when he talks, he like somehow points directly at himself. And his little creature, one-horned creature that does all of his bidding. Oh, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Before we get to Evil Barney, there's this part where Colossus finds an armlet and Storm puts it on. Because um, as leader of the X-Men, I promise to immediately put on strange trinkets found in strange temples that are never cursed. Uh, vote Storm! Vote Storm! I was going to say, has she never seen, what is it, the mummy when the guy puts on the bracelet and right. things crawl out of his eyeballs? When you're in a creepy temple, don't put on anything. Jeez, people. Kitty should know. She dressed up like Indiana Jones in the last right. issue. Yeah, exactly. All right, so anyway, then we meet Evil Barney. Who talks to himself in the third person. Yes. Sam love you. You love Sam. We're a happy fam of him. Oh, I want him in my... Uh, Bed? Oh, no. wow, look at you. Oh, what's that commercial? Well, they're like, I want him in my family. Oh, fram, fram, yeah, family. So we get an interesting thing. When we almost get good history and then we don't. And we see no, Wolverine's, we never do. We see Wolverine's skeleton. And we know it's Wolverine because Sim pops off one of his antimanium claws and uses it like a Adamantium. Adamantium claws and Say it uses with me, class. it as a toothpick. Yes. But see, we don't know right then that it's adamantium. Because he talks about how Sim's like, oh, Blasco, 
How'd you get all the adamantium off of his bones? So it's just a regular skeleton. So I thought, ooh, maybe this is right and we have old school bone claws. Nope. But then later he throws it through Colossus's armor. And Colossus Like a dagger. Says, yeah. And it's obviously adamantium. So wait, how's Wolverine dead and alive? How's there an evil Nightcrawler and a good Nightcrawler? How does that work? An old storm and a young storm. But we don't... Yeah, I haven't even figured that out. Other than... Okay, this is the part I don't get. Obviously, the group comes and they couldn't leave. And so all the rest of the group dies except for Storm. So Old Storm... You know, Nightcrawler turns evil. Well, yeah, Nightcrawler turns evil. But so Old Storm's like... His soul dies. Right. You can't destroy Bascal, so you just have to leave. Belasco. Belasco, whatever. And cha- and close the portal. Except... Oh, those aren't eyebrows. Those are horns. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Go back. Go back. They're flipping eyebrows. They do look like eyebrows on this panel, but they're horns. Man. Anyway, so what I want to know is, is it because this place is... There's no space or time in Limbo. Okay, but there's no space or time, then you can't go backwards. No one's going backwards, are they? Well, you have the old group, and then you have the new group. So somewhere... the old group. Huh? They're the same group. So does that mean we'd end up with two storms? And yeah. another group would show up? Yeah, there can be multiple, multiple people. Okay, but what I'm saying at is... At different is, stages of their path. If there's no space and time, and this timeline's moving forward, but Let's the other timeline's chart. not... Let's make a chart. Here's an arrow of time moving forward. Right. Time moving backwards. Right. Here's space. Right. Space is wiggly, and time is doing this. So this point on this timeline can match this point on this timeline. See, maybe it's... 60% down this line, it could be only 30% on that line, and 20% down that line. So all those intersecting times can converge in limbo because time has no steady flow. So in theory, we could have 12 storms at and one There can point. be infinite, yeah, in theory. Well then... I don't know if limbo stays this way or not. I don't remember. Basque, whatever his name is. Belasco. Belasco. B-E-L-A-S-C-O. And he has no hope of ever leaving. Well, he can leave if he finds a portal out and then go to a place that's more temporal. I'm going to show you my second note I wrote in my notebook. So confusing. (laughs) It's not the easiest thing to follow. And it's very like... Philosophical. In fact, the fact that I tried to explain why I can't even like. Did you just raise or drop your grade? I just dropped it. Oh, you also didn't talk about the amulet. So the amulet has a pentagram inside with each point being a bloodstone. When Ileana fills up the bloodstone, she will have amazing power. And how is she filling it up? We don't know yet. And it also says that they have to align. I do like when Belasco pulls, um, when Belasco sauce pulls uh, Kitty's skeleton out. you just call him Belasco sauce? Yeah. Like Tabasco sauce? Yeah. When she pulls, when he pulls Kitty's skeleton out, it looks like he's waving back at her. (laughs) (laughs) Hi! I'm your skeleton! (laughs) So somewhere we get a double bamf. Oh, yeah, we're the night, we have Nightcrawler on Nightcrawler action, and they both teleport away, so we get a double bamf. And that's when our Nightcrawler pulls the old switcheroo and puts on evil Nightcrawler's loincloth and then goes to trick Belasco sauce. So Sim calls Wolverine a hoser, which is very Canadian style, if I'm to believe Steve Nash, which I do. Uh, so I thought that was cool. And in return, he gets us snicked. 
And he also tears off Wolverine's shirt. Wolverine should just tear off his little tiny vest. The Sims vest. Oh. (laughs) Yes. Sim. Because Sim looks like one of those little monkeys with the little tambourines in their hands. Symbols. Symbols. Um... So if the skeleton had no adamantium, but the claws still did, uh-huh. then how did Sim snap it in half? What do you mean snap it in uh, half? He doesn't break the claw off at the root. Like He breaks the claw from the middle of the claw. And it's adamantium still is unbreakable. So it's bone? No. No, it's not bone because it goes through Colossus. Blah. Yep. Unless they're saying evil Barney is that strong. Barney is 10 feet tall, and he does have some pretty snazzy running shorts on. Are those running shorts or Daisy Dukes? I think it's a mix. Okay. I, w- I did like it, though, that it goes into Colossus, because I think at a point earlier, Wolverine couldn't slice Colossus, and I thought that was dumb. Yeah. So I'm glad they fixed that. Yes, but um, Colossus also says, ooh, he m- must be a whole lot stronger than I expected, which basically means Wolverine wasn't strong enough. <laughs> Maybe that was it. Okay. A really cool panel, even though he looks kind of like Batman, of Wolverine double-stabbing Sim in the chest. Yes, With he all does. six claws. Like and he looks like Batman in the Ra's al Ghul story when Batman ran around with no shirt and his cowl on. <laughs> and Wolverine's kind of doing the same thing here. And I think Kitty Skeleton is waving, because when the X-Men show up, he turns around to wave at them. Like, hi, X-Men. I'm Kitty Skeleton. I want to know how the skeletons staying together. I don't know, Velasco sauce has magic. All right, so Kitty being rejoined with her skeleton is an awesome looking panel. And more great color work. Yes. Oh, wait, I missed the part where, um, thought somewhere someone got snicked in the bum. I think you're thinking of the previous. Oh, no, here it is. Oh, yeah. You get a, uh, Sam, Emil Barney gets a snicked. He goes, oh, yow. And, but it's off panel and below him, so it looks like he got stabbed in the butt. So we get a snicked and a snacked. That's always cool. Oh, but even cooler, though, we have a snicked in one panel and a snacked in the next. And in between, a demon dies. That's pretty cool. I, I mean, I like to see Wolverine cut off stuff or cut up stuff, but doing it like that's pretty badass. Yeah. Like, snick, snacked. Yeah, I just killed somebody. <laughs> pretty sweet. All right, well, that's all I got, except for at the very end... We see that Ileana already has three bloodstones. Oh, and we we talk about the X-Men are worried because they don't know how long... Oh, wait. Maybe that's next issue. No, it's this this issue. Colossus, they're worried because they don't know... Like, when she was stuck in limbo for seven years and that second it took them to pull her back. They don't know, was she with Belasco Sauce? Was she with Older Storm? Like, did she have a good time, a bad time? Right. Like, they don't really know, like, how traumatized she is. But the so. fact that she's got the little amulet makes and, me think. And three bloodstones. Yeah. Yeah. Probably probably not Alaska a good time. Sauce. Yeah. All right. So, anything else? Nope. All right. What are you going to grade on Kenny X-Men 160? Three out of six. I'm going to also give it three out of six. I thought the art was pretty good. The story was better than I remember. But, but confusing as hell. But Limbo, at this point, is pretty lame. But... I will say why I don't really care about the overall plot that much. We have a lot of really badass X-Men moments. I feel like all the X-Men really do do really cool stuff. And so that part's pretty cool, but that's... And Wolverine was killable. Yeah, yeah, he was. He died in limbo at least once. So anyway, I, I guess we'll both grade both books exactly the same. 
Okay, so that's going to do it for Wolverine Year 8 Part 2. Little caveat, disclaimer. We don't quite go all the way to Wolverine's 8th birthday. We technically have two more issues, 161 and 162. But those are kind of the prelude and then the kickoff to the Brood Saga. We're going to do all those on one episode. So I decided to leave them off of Year 8. Just to do all the, the Brood Saga together in one nice, humongous chunk. <laughs> Um, That's going to be one really long podcast. Yeah, it'll be a beatdown, but hopefully everyone will love it. I think people really like the Dark Phoenix beatdown we did, so. So they, basically what you're saying is your listeners love to be beat down. Oh, it's a beatdown to record. It's great to listen. People like long podcasts, or some people do anyway. So why do you tell me we need to wrap things up and not take so long? So I don't have as much to edit. Oh. <laughs> if I could speak perfectly, we could talk for hours. Okay. And if I never sniffed and you never coughed or yawned. (gasps) But anyway, so what do we learn about Wolverine in this go around? We learn that if you let him, or even if you don't, he'll He'll drink drink all your beer. beer. All your beer. Hide the shiner. Uh, He likes cigars, or he had a cigar this time. He has a thing for young kitty. (laughs) Yes. And Um, Storm. He can kill a demon. That's right. And he can be killed by a demon. Yeah. Apparently. His claw actually can, in fact, cut Colossus. But only when Sim throws it. And that'll change. And it's his first trip ever to Limbo. Did he get his passport stamped? (laughs) Yeah. He has a little slideshow. Yeah. This was our vacation in Limbo. See Evil Kurt in his loincloth trying to grope little girls. See Giant Barney. He has a uh, big horn on his head. He was using one of my claws to clean his teeth. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, um... Yeah, so please leave an iTunes review, like the Facebook page, follow us on Twitter at SnickCast. You can find show notes such as... I'm running a marathon. Right, and she has a fundraising link in the show notes. And newsflash, I only need to raise $150 more. Yeah, so if two of you leave like two bucks each, the show needs to leave 100, raise $146 more. That's right. So, um, anyway... Show notes are on the website, and that website is snickcast.podbean.com. You can email how much you have a crush on me at snickcast.yahoo.com. And you can I, ask for my autograph picture. I think that covers it, right? Yeah. All right. So, uh, like I said, the next flashback, actually, the next flashback episode won't be the Brood Saga. That'll be the next time we do Uncanny X-Men. The next flashback episode will actually be the Contest of Champions, Marvel's first ever miniseries, which I didn't know that until the other day when I was reading the notes in the back of the issue, which I'd never read before. Ooh, can we spoiler that what we're doing this weekend? Oh, and so coming up soon on both regular and po- uh, flashback, flashback, episodes we will hopefully be able to talk about the days of future past movie nice and you know now's a good time as ever to say if you haven't listened to our days of future past flashback episode you can find it also in itunes or on the show notes and i'm on it we have denise and cameron together on that one there was a worm really awesome yeah the limbo timelines are crossing that's right uh, making a patchwork quilt yeah so anyway until next time hugs and snicks Bye. bye